0: Oh you. Welcome to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch Podcast here on the West Virginia Soccer Association Digital Network. My name is Marcus Cole. Now, before we begin today's show, I want to remind you that once you've had a chance to check out our program, make sure you give our podcast a five-star rating and follow us wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Apple Podcasts, whether that's Google, Spotify, TuneIn, follow us. That helps you stay up to date on all the latest content from us, and it helps us get the word out to others and let them know that we're providing valuable information for soccer players coaches referees and parents on the phone with us today is Brittany Bearden sports dietitian at Texas Health Sports Medicine she's worked with players from the Dallas Mavericks also FC Dallas of Major League Soccer and the Dallas Wings of the WNBA Brittany welcome to the program
1: thank you I'm excited to be here
0: now, today's subject on our podcast is uh, here in West Virginia. We just recently uh, returned to play with soccer here in the state. So I'm sure over the last few months or so, our youth players' uh, dietary Uh, Fitness level probably hasn't been that great uh, just because of a reduced uh, work level and, uh, you know, a lot of sleeping, a lot of Netflix and things along that line. So Brittany's here to kind of help our youth athletes navigate uh, getting back on track uh, with their nutritional needs. Now, before we jump into the subject, Brittany, why don't you go ahead and tell us just a little bit more about you and your qualifications? Sure.
1: So I am a sports dietitian. Like you mentioned, I'm based in Dallas, Texas. And I do consult with a variety of teams and athletes. And so I do work with individual athletes and also, like you mentioned, those three professional teams. Um, so as a sports dietitian, my goal is to help athletes maximize their athletic performance through through the way they eat. And so that's going to look different p- per, for each athlete depending on their individual needs, their position, their sport. Um, so I was an athlete as well growing up and so wanted to... Um, be in a field that was, w- w- that wasn't sports. And then I also always loved kind of food nutrition. So I thought if I could combine that two, those two, that would be kind of my dream job. And so, um, I'm thankful to be where I am in my career. And so kind of my path to get to where I am now is, um, I did undergrad at Texas A&M University. And majored in nutritional sciences and kind of knew all along that whenever I got into nutrition that I wanted to do sports nutrition. And so was able to work with the sports dietitians there at Texas A&M in my undergrad and worked with the football team and a couple of other sports um, in my undergrad and then did my dietetic internship in Dallas, Texas. And then from there, I got the graduate, assist- uh, graduate assistant sports dietitian position at Auburn University. So worked closely with the sports dietitian there. I'm working with a variety of sports. I worked a lot with the soccer program there um, in addition to a few other sports. So was a, a graduate assistant sports dietitian while also getting my master's degree in exercise physiology. So I was there for two years. And then from that point in time, I got a job as a sports performance dietitian at Indiana University, so moved up to the Midwest uh, for a couple of years and learned how the Midwest winters are, (laughs) Um, (laughs) which is not my favorite, but uh, worked there for two years as a sports performance dietitian. And again, same thing. We had 24 sports teams there and we had two sports dietitians on staff. So I worked with about half of those teams. so, again, worked closely with the soccer program there, um, in addition, again, to several other sports. And then I moved back to Dallas about four years ago. And so I've been in my current position now for a little over four years with um, a sports medicine company called Texas Health Sports Medicine. And through that, I consult um, with athletes and teams. So when I first moved back, I was working with, with SMU, the university here in Dallas. And then now, like you mentioned, I'm working with um, those three professional teams, the Dallas Mavericks, uh, FC Dallas and the Dallas Wings. Um, and then also in addition to that, I do a variety of consulting with individual athletes, um, everything from kind of your your high school athlete to your kind of recreational triathlete or marathoner or active individuals as well. Um, yeah, so that's kind of what I do now. And I also um, a sports nutrition contributor on the Golf Channel as well.
0: Wow, that sounds like quite a journey.
1: <laughs> so yeah, it's been, it's been fun.
0: Wonderful. Now... Like I said before, that uh, soccer has just resumed play here in West Virginia. We're slowly but surely kind of getting back into the groove of things. And like I mentioned, you know, we our soccer players have been doing Zoom trainings. They've been doing trainings in the backyard, uh, which don't have the same degree as probably a team training or things along that lines. It's a little bit more laid back, a little less competitive. Um, And obviously, probably during that time too, uh, the nutritional needs are not the same as if they were training two to three days a week with their club team. Um, And also too, given the idea of being stay at home, Um, Probably nutritional habits uh, weren't so great, uh, watching a lot of Netflix and just kind of relaxing at home in their room, maybe sleeping a lot. And uh, we want to get players back on track as far as their nutritional needs. What are some major areas that they should be thinking about as we return to play from a nutritional standpoint?
1: Yeah, there's going to be several things that we do want to pay attention to. And I think kind of like you were saying, like, especially the past couple of months, everything has been off. And so your eating schedule and your eating habits are very connected to your daily schedule. So when your daily schedule gets disrupted and it looks different, or if you don't really have a schedule, then that really impacts your eating schedule. And so I think it's as you, as we're starting to return to more, more normal of a schedule, get into a, a, a good eating schedule. You know so you're eating consistently and you, you you can design that based on what your daily schedule looks like with commitments you may have but then also especially your training sessions so when depending on what time of day you're training or if there's multiple trainings just designing a good eating schedule around that that's going to include three meals and then most likely several snacks as well so you just kind of design that around the training schedule that day and i think the biggest thing that we want to do is just meet the energy demands of the athlete so And again, there is going to be a a big difference from the training intensity and duration going back into more team training or training that a coach is going to be over as opposed to kind of more individual type things. And so being aware of what what your calorie needs are and what your energy demands are and making sure we're meeting those. So getting enough calories each day to match those training demands. And then, of course, looking at the where that food is coming from. So we do want to be consuming quality food. To meet those energy demands, but then also making sure um, we're of course meeting not only the the micronutrients, which is going to be you know your carbohydrates, proteins, and fats, but also our smaller nutrients too. You know we can forget about those smaller nutrients that are also going to be crucial to our um, our health and our recovery. So you know things like iron, particularly you know for female athletes, we wanna, we want to make sure that they're getting enough iron, and for bone health, we want to make sure all athletes are getting calcium, vitamin D. You know, we want to make sure they're getting omega-3 fatty acids. So just making sure, too, that, they're, that we're also considering where those, where those calories are coming from. Um, and then, of course, hydration as well. I mean, you know, there's, it's going to, it's, I don't know what the, how hot the summers are there, but in Texas, it's very, very hot here. And I feel like summer really hit this past weekend. And so, of course, being aware, aware of um, our hydration and making sure we're um, hydrating appropriately for the amount of, of sweating that the athlete's doing.
0: Now I know I've spoken to a lot of strength and conditioning coaches uh, recently and their recommendations of kind of returning to play is making sure coaches understand that we kind of want to ease back into things slowly uh, just because as we've seen with a lot of the professional teams uh, uh, in soccer from the Bundesliga to um, to the English Premier League, we're seeing a lot of injuries start creeping up just because of the downtime that they've had. Um, What are your thoughts in regards to easing back into things nutritionally?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, that, and that's every, every athlete is kind of going to be in a different place with their fitness and nutrition, you know? And so with nutrition on that side, and that's kind of how it is across the board in general, like their athletes are always going to be kind of a different starting points with their nutrition. And so I think, you know, as individual athletes, they need to kind of assess where they currently are and, work to improve their habits and, you know, build those nutrition habits that are going to be sustainable. So again, everybody's going to be starting kind of from a different um, starting point, but we do want to start to be, and hopefully again, hopefully you're always aware of your nutrition, but uh, over again, over the past couple of months, that might've been one thing that slipped a little bit. And so just being aware of how you're feeling, again, as you ramp up the training. So, you know, if we are, if if that approach is happening for these athletes where we are kind of starting slow to get back into it, which I think is wise from the um, injury prevention standpoint. And so with that, trying to also tailor your intake with that intensity. So, you know, you can kind of slow, like your nutrition, your calorie needs will be higher, you know, at a moderate intensity compared to, low intensity, but then a high intensity day is going to look is you're going to need higher um, caloric intake than a moderate day. So I think it's it's that. I think it's building building up with that and then just implementing those good, healthy, sustainable habits. So, you know, it's, and it's, it's starting with the basics, you know, it's eating at regular meal times. So we're not skipping, we're not skipping meals. We're doing three balanced meals um, every day. You know, and the balanced meal is going to include a lean protein, a good quality carbohydrate, fruits and vegetables. We do want to include those healthy fat sources. We want to be hydrating often and then sleep too. You know, sleep is going to be just kind of some other lifestyle factors. Sleep is also going to be a big component of recovery of, you know, that's when, growth um, hormone is released. So a lot of things happen. During the sleep cycle, that we also want to make sure that we're doing to help with injury prevention, um, and also with building muscle back So, muscle protein synthesis. There's going to be a lot of important things um, that happen while we sleep that's going to benefit that muscle protein synthesis. So, doing all those kind of things from kind of just a basic, um, basic day to day nutrition habits, but then, and then also being mindful of you know as you start to as athletes do start to return to play, just the the demands on their body are going to be greater. And so, you know, also choosing those anti-inflammatory foods to kind of help with that um, with that muscle recovery and kind of helping to decrease muscle soreness. So, again, again, there's a lot of um, sources of those anti-inflammatory foods, but things like berries, uh, pomegranates, cherries, you know, leafy greens, nuts, seeds, salmon, avocados, just some of those good anti-inflammatory foods um, that will just kind of help, again, promote that, recovery that, that we're wanting.
0: Now you mentioned earlier about uh, hydration being important during especially during the summer months are there some other key areas that youth players should be consing trading on uh, to stay healthy during these hot summer months?
1: Yeah so and I think you know with that obviously hydration is I think is the first thing that comes to mind when we think about the heat. And so that's definitely very important. Hydration and electrolytes, you know, and there's a lot of different ways that we can get fluids and electrolytes in, you know, so of course you can do um, sports drinks, you can salt foods, you can consume high water content foods, you can consume salty snacks, you know, there's a a wide variety of ways to get in hydration and electrolytes. So it's not just limited to sports drinks. So, you know, we do want to be mindful of that. Um, and there's also some other things that we can do to kind of just take measures with kind of just decreasing um, the body temperature. So again, that can be liquids, that can be like electrolyte slushies, that can be ice pops, um, things like that too that kind of help lower that body temperature whenever you are in very high heat. And then I think too another thing that we also want to be mindful of is with with high temperatures that can kind of affect athletes' appetite. At times, so Mm -hmm. sometimes after a really hard training session, food may not sound great, and they may not like. Their just their appetite may not be. They may not really want to eat, and so if that's if that's happening and they're not eating, that's where that's you know if that's consistently happening, that's going to kind of be an under fueling pattern that we do not want. And so just being aware too that they do still need to eat regardless of if they want to or not, and so then being creative with how they get in that nutrition. So even if they don't feel like eating a huge meal, maybe you're doing, you know, a pretty um, a pretty big smoothie or you're doing kind of more liquid-based things, if that's the only thing that does sound good. But just to be mindful of recovering well after a session, even if you don't necessarily feel hungry.
0: Now, recently with, uh, with the shutdown and um, coronavirus and things along that lines, uh, we've been dealing with, uh, some of our families that have had some financial issues, uh, maybe a parent has lost a job, um, or, or any type of financial hardship that goes along with, uh, with uh, things along this lines. Um, can you give us some practical examples of nutritional meals and snacks for those families that might be experiencing financial stress um, that they'd be able to do that would still be beneficial for that athlete?
1: Yeah. And I think there's definitely some like smart shopping habits that can be helpful, especially for families. Um, and so, you know, I think one couple of just kind of shopping tips that I think are helpful from, for to be cost effective is you're looking at like as you plan out your meals for the next week or two weeks, you know, I think doing grocery shop, planning meals and grocery shopping for the next one to two weeks is a good timeline for that. And then as you make your grocery list and kind of decide on meals, look at like whatever grocery store you're shopping at, you know, look at that grocery stores weekly ad to see what's on sale and then try to plan your meals around those, those things, you know, so if if a certain proteins on sale or certain fruits and vegetables are on sale or certain things are a lower price at that, that week, maybe those would be good items to include into those meals and snacks. So I think that's um, helpful. And like on the fruit and vegetable side, you know, looking for what's in season and what's on sale, generally the ones in season are going to be the ones that are going to be a lower price and if you know you can buy with fruits and vegetables we can buy fresh we can buy frozen we can buy canned any of those are going to be healthy and so again we can kind of do it based on the situation and again some fruits and vegetables can be a little pricey so again looking at the ones that are going to be cost effective so on the you know some of the cheaper fruits are going to be like bananas oranges some apples at times and then on the vegetable side you know spinach carrots cucumbers um, our starchy vegetables potatoes sweet potatoes Generally, those type of things are a little bit more cost effective. And so incorporating those type of things into into the meals, um, we can get canned items, you know, beans, chickpeas, corn, We can get canned vegetables. And then also, if you're able to buy in bulk, that can also be um, a cost effective strategy. So whether that's, you know, rice, oatmeal, um, we can buy in bulk of, you know, different proteins, so frozen chicken, things like that. And then also some cost effective protein sources are eggs, milk. Chicken, tuna. So there are some pretty cost effective things. It just takes a little bit of time, I think, to plan out those meals and include those foods. And then, two, eliminating food waste. So, you know, freeze things that you don't need. So, depending on like the household size, you know, things like bread. Like if you don't eat a whole loaf of bread before it goes bad, you know, take out half the loaf and freeze the other half until you need it. Or, or same thing with proteins. You know, if you buy a big of chicken, you can, you know, freeze, have it in the freezer. And so just being, aware, being mindful too of, of any potential um, kind of food preservation so that we're eliminating the food waste there. And so kind of all that to say, those are some good kind of shopping tips that we can do. And then as kind of some more practical examples of meals and snacks, you know, for, for breakfast, we can do, you know, scrambled eggs and oatmeal topped with like with banana and peanut butter. Or you can make a breakfast taco with scrambled eggs, you know, hash browns, and then like th- with, with some veggies and a side of fruit. Or like a black bean and egg breakfast burrito with a side of fruit. Uh, for lunch and dinner, we could do something like a tuna sandwich with pretzels and fruit. We could do pasta with red sauce, chicken with a side of broccoli. Um, we could do grilled chicken and do like ba- a baked sweet potato or or do like baked sweet potato fries at home with some green beans. So you can kind of see too with these meals, we are, we're getting those three components that we want in a meal for a balanced meal, but it's all pretty cost-effective items. And then for snack examples, we could do apple and peanut butter, string cheese and grapes. We could do a, a PB&J sandwich. We could do deli turkey, crackers and an apple, uh, Greek yogurt and a banana. And then a couple of pre-workout snacks. We could do things like raisins oatmeal, applesauce. So those are a few examples that we can do um, from the meal side or snack side.
0: Wonderful. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, I I know that like sometimes I've seen articles and seen things on social media that frozen um, and canned vegetables and fruits get a bad rap. So you're saying for the most part, I mean, maybe not as healthy as, as fresh, but there's certainly some equivalence in, in that.
1: Yes, they absolutely are. They're, they're all great options. And so I think it comes down to, you know, what your budget, your, your food budget of kind of what makes sense the most sense for that. Cause we do. So with all that, we, we want to eat fruits and vegetables. So it's, it's getting those in again, whatever's the most practical for that athlete or household, you know? So if it's, if, And, too, there's some other considerations, too, because if we buy canned or frozen, that's going to have a longer shelf life. So if you buy fresh produce, you're going to have to eat it in the next three to five days, depending on what it is. So if we buy frozen or canned, that's going to be a longer shelf life. And there's things that we can do, too, like if we buy frozen vegetables just buy just the frozen vegetables without, we don't want one that has any kind of like cheese sauce or, you know, kind of added things. We just want the vegetables. And same thing with fruit too, if we buy frozen fruit, just getting that. Or if we're buying it canned, you know, looking for it like canned in its own juice or um, things like that where we're not getting extra sugar or extra things that are not gonna be um,
0: nutrient rich. Right. Now, as we kind of wrap things up, Brittany, if you could just give one piece of nutritional advice to our youth soccer players today, as they get ready to return, or as they're returning to play, what would that be?
1: I would say it would be to prioritize your nutrition, you know, care about what you eat and take ownership of it. Because, you know, with a lot of, as an athlete in an athlete's life, a lot of those, a lot of components of their life are kind of uh, monitored. So, you know, like a, team practice, team lift, any of those kind of things. You always have a coach there that's like telling you the the program, telling you what you're doing and then watching you do it and making sure that you do it. We're on the nutrition piece. That's not the case. You know, like I'm like, I'm not with every athlete that I work with every time that they eat. And so it really becomes Then I can give them resources, I can educate them. And, you know, if you're working with a dietitian, they can help you with that. But ultimately it's up to you to implement that and do it. And so I think it's care about what you eat and prioritize it. And it doesn't have to You know take up a ton of time but just being mindful of how you feel on a consistent basis is going to impact your energy your health your recovery your hydration which is ultimately again going to impact you as an athlete and improve your um improve your game
0: you know i i agree with that in the fact that i don't think a lot of especially our youth athletes think of their nutritional component as being an advantage of better performance on the field and, and getting a, 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 head, a leg up in on the competition,
1: right? Yeah, and I think it's and it, and it does take time. And every, again, everybody is at a different starting point with their nutrition. So wherever kind of you fall with that, you know, just work to implement those consistent habits that you can that you can maintain and, and being disciplined in those, so that again you can maximize all the effort that you're putting in on the field
0: wonderful Brittany if folks have more questions uh, you're a great follow on Twitter Uh, if they have any more questions or or what have you or just want to follow you where can they find you online
1: yeah so on Twitter um, my handle is Brittany Bearden and then I also have a Instagram account too that's dedicated to sports nutrition which is sportsrdbrit so either of those two would be good places
0: Wonderful. Brittany, thank you so much for coming on our program today and talking sports nutrition with our youth athletes as uh, we return to play here in West Virginia. We certainly appreciate it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me.
0: And thank you for listening to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast here on the West Virginia Soccer Association Digital Network. Now that you've heard our show, make sure you give our podcast a five-star rating and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back next Thursday with another episode, so we hope to see you next week. Take care.